find this interesting. Maybe you won't. I don't know because everybody's got their own work situation, and maybe you got a job where you're uh, you're non-essential, so you couldn't go into work even if you wanted to. Maybe you're essential and you are going into work, and then you're coming up with safe practices or whatever, and then everything in between. Um, for our little dealio, Joe is at home right now. Uh, executive producer Mike Hansen is in the building, but he's down in a studio by himself, so he's not as close to Michelangelo as he usually is. So Michael's over in his booth. You're by yourself. That's right. There's no other human being in there, which is a pretty decent deal. Sean and I have got the most dangerous situation being in the same room, although we're easily six feet apart. Well, um, and your middle name is Danger. Uh, danger is your middle name. It's more effective that way. And then, like, I don't know, so I'm going to quiz Sean now. What has your lifestyle been over the weekend? Um, I didn't leave my apartment once. Not one time. Did no. anybody come to your apartment? No, no, no. Because no. this kind of reminds me of the whole sexually transmitted disease thing. Like, Sean could be a responsible person. And the girl, he's, if he's, you know, if a girl come over for a date, she could be responsible. But if she had one friend who wasn't, then that, you know, just the way that whole thing works. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and and with see, your girlfriend isn't a trollop who gave you the clap. It was uh, her ex boyfriend. You know, they were in a committed relationship. Yeah. She was not trolloping in no, any way. But he exactly. was. I will be yeah. braving the uh, grocers of the town today, though, uh, working on securing a mask before I go out there. So I'm going to try to do all the things I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I don't think I had. Well, a, I don't think I had any interaction with any human being other than my family since Friday. I don't think so. I did not. Not a bit. Just Judy and Little D and I. Uh, I. I will tell you this: the really insidious part of this is that uh, they're still saying 25 to 50 percent of people are asymptomatic, so they're just walking around contagious. Um, with no idea that they're spreading the thing. Right. And that's just, it's awful. I mean, the whole, if you feel sick, stay home. Well, what if I'm in the 25 to 50% that feels just tip-top? What do I do then? Oh, I didn't. I I lied, Sean. I went to a Chinese restaurant on Ah! Saturday night, picked up takeout. Mm -hmm. They had a pretty pretty good setup there, though. They had a, uh, a big piece of clear plastic hanging down. They're only allowing people to come in one at a time at the door. You didn't have to touch the door. And then they had a clear plastic thing there, so there was no, you know, breath passing between customer and the people who worked there. The weak spot in their whole thing, though, was the pen to sign the credit card receipt. Although I did have a rubber glove in my case, and then I peeled off my glove and threw it away. But I've got a buddy who runs a business, and they're dipping their their pens are dipped in like a little jar of, uh, you know, kills the germ sauce. I've never used Apple Pay more. Of uh, I don't have to touch anything. I, I wave my phone in front of the machine like I'm some sort of sorcerer. You know what? And, yes. the, uh, and the money disappears from mm. my account. I'll bet this Chinese restaurant's not set up for that. A lot of places aren't. But if there, if Apple Pay is an option, I'm 100 percent using that every time. And then, yeah, but come on now. Every home in America has 500 pens in it. You got to start bringing your yeah, own. Obviously, yeah. I was pretty disappointed that I had to grab their pen because I was being so carry careful. stamps with you too, Joe. I had. <laughs> Just in case I have a thought, I'd like to mail to a loved one. Yes. <laughs> got stamps, got a tire gauge. What else do I need? Um, uh, so, yeah, I got to start bringing a pen because that was disappointing to me. I, I got a mask. I got wipes. I got a glove. I went and got gas. My skin touched nothing getting gas at the gas station. I wasn't near any human being. I was very happy with that. And I get there, and then she hands me a pen. What is this? The, the Middle Ages? You trying to kill me? 
And then I uh, texted on the way home my wife. I said, I got the Wuhan food. I'll be home in a few minutes. And oh, she was boy. really not. She didn't oh, dig that joke that, at all. That did not. She, that was not an appetite uh, enhancer. She there. actually. Read the room. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> see, it didn't affect me. I ate my sweet and sour pork like I always do. I just walked the whole thing. Deaf. But uh, she actually did not eat her chicken chow mein because I said that. Oh, no. no. Is it sick enough? Oh, no. Yeah. Read the room. <laughs> Undercooked bat chow mein. <laughs> now that would have been too much. <laughs> I Evidently, got, what you said was too much. I got you the undercooked bat. <laughs> oh, jeez. Boy, and now it's let to New York Tigers, not not the baseball team. And yes, I know they play in Detroit, but a couple of Tigers and Lions in the Bronx Zoo got the You thing know what's now, behind so. this? Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh,. Yeah, so I saw there, we'll have to talk about the conspiracy stuff later. Woody Harrelson's big on the various conspiracies. He He's with the crowd that thinks 5G is what caused the coronavirus. No, yeah. that? Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. I, I, I read about that, and I thought that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Unless, you're, unless you're Woody Harrelson. Or, you know, he, he could be trolling us all, who knows. But He's stoned to the bone. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's that mind. He's locked in his house, stoned out of his mind. That's what's going on. Bing! So this Dr. Gottlieb has become my favorite person. He was the one I mocked the most early on because he was the one who said some mayor or governor has got to shut down their economy. And I thought, what? Are you crazy? That will never happen in the United States of America is the way I thought. And, And I hadn't heard anybody else say that. And he turned out to be absolutely right. And we all should have listened to him earlier. This is the guy who used to run the FDA, right? Yeah, he is a uh, Republican. And um, here's what he had to say yesterday on one of your shows. I think things are going to be permanently changed coming out of this until we get to a vaccine and we can fully vanquish this. We're not going to see a V-shaped recovery or a quick snapback. Absent the ability to get a highly effective drug in the hands of doctors that can mitigate the risk, either uses a prophylaxis to prevent infection with people who get exposed to this virus or treat people who get the virus and are likely at a high risk of a bad outcome. We can have that kind of drug by the summer and certainly by the fall. I don't see the kind of deliberate industrial approach, all hands on deck approach to trying to get that kind of therapeutic. And there are things that are promising right now that could be brought forward more quickly. But absent that, this is going to be an 80% economy. There are things that are not coming back. People are not going to crowd into conferences. They're not going to crowd into arenas. The marginal customer is not going back to movie theaters and cruises and Disneyland. And we need to accept that. Now, what changes that equation is technology, but we need a deliberate approach to getting that technology quickly. More on that in a second, but I thought that was pretty interesting, the idea that some of the stuff, hey, people aren't going to come back to doing this for a while. And I, I wonder about that. Yeah. I wonder how soon you'll have arenas full of people or giant bars full of people or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to noodle through, you know, how big a sector of the economy is that and to what extent will those dollars um, and, and hours spent just flow to other things? I also, he, he, he got into it a little bit more later, and I think this was Face the Nation. Um, uh, he's disappointed that it's not being seen, uh, as he said, of more of an all-hands-on-deck, everything we can throw at a vaccine or, or, or a mitigating medicine, throw out the regulations, let's try things, and he feels like that's not still not happening. That uh, it's being held back by layers of crap, which is pretty disappointing at this point. Boy, he'd know a lot better than me. I got the idea that we were kind of in a, a hyper mode, a 
uh, you know, throwing out various regulations. I don't know if it's enough, though. He would know. Well, he ran the FDA, yes, so he would know. Anyway, here's a little more on the technology aspect of it. So you mentioned technology. Uh, The Fed president from St. Louis mentioned technology. Dr. Fauci has mentioned technology and surveillance. Specifically, what does that look like in the United States of America, and how far are we from getting that? Well, the massive surveillance system that we need to detect infection quickly, we're, going to ha- we're hopefully going to have in place. We should have that in place. We'll have the tools to do that. So we'll be able to identify cases when there's small outbreaks in the fall and use case-based interventions, basically isolating people with the infection in their close contacts. How is that going to come about? That's being seen as what South Korea did so well is because of the fact that they do track where everybody goes. If somebody turned up with a case... They can figure out everywhere you've been and everybody you've been around and get those people locked down and stop the spread of this thing. The other aspect of that, though, is supermassive testing. And nobody's invited me to take a test or even told me where I can within 20 miles of my home. Yes, Sean? I was making the mistake of when I heard people talk about technology in these press conferences, thinking this was things of like telemedicine, right, doing FaceTiming with doctors or, you know, uh, you know, using a laser to gauge temperature. I didn't realize that they meant surveillance technologies. I'm going to be hearing that word a lot differently going yeah, forward in yeah. these press conferences. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Good point. Um, uh, Gottlieb, Dr. Gottlieb also talked about how, for some reason, we don't have like a single database of information. You're getting all this information like New Orleans doctors are telling us this is what they're finding. Detroit doctors are telling us this is what they're finding. New York, everybody's got their own separate information, and it's not coming together like all the numbers in one place to try to figure out if that's an outlier or if this tends to be the way it is or anything. And that's what he said, and again, he knows more about it than I do. I'm shocked that that's not happening. How is that not being centered at the Centers for Disease Control? I, I mean, it's right it... in their name. Well, right. Why aren't they reporting in? Or mm, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. Good Lord, we're bad at a lot of stuff. Oh, boy. Probably probably even worse than we think. <laughs> but you do, uh. you do hear that, that in, uh, you know, in, in place X, uh, half the people between this age and that age are dying. But over here, they, they aren't. Um, they got to come up with a way to get all that information together so we have a better idea of what's true and what's not. Yeah, I've got to admit, I, I keep thinking that by this weekend, by the end of the week, by next Tuesday, we'll have a really, really clear picture of, you know, the, the pathogenesis of this thing, how it kills people, why it kills people, who it kills, and and the rest of it, and and more about transmission, the rest of it. But it's taken longer than we'd hoped. The number of healthy people that aren't old who are dying of this very quickly is pretty troubling. Well, the thing that concerned me is that, and I read, I can't even remember where it was, but it seemed to be a very sober piece about it seems to be a hyperimmune response that kills young, healthy people. It's it's not the actual virus, you know, tears up so many cells you croak it. It's that your body goes absolutely nuts and floods your lungs and, and attacks the virus so violently. It's like a, uh, you know, an all-out suicidal war. It's a, a pyrrhic victory, a scorched earth. And that's what my immune system has tended to do to allergens and uh, poison oak and a couple of diseases I've gotten. The problem has been not the disease, but my doctors have to pump me full of steroids to tell my immune system to calm the hell down. Um, And so, yeah, that kind of worried me. And that's one of the leading theories about why 
some 32-year-old dad who's in perfect health croaks in the blink of an eye. That yeah, happens fast. I haven't gotten this thing. Yeah. Uh, we've got some self-isolation hacks. We've got robots at university graduation ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a sports hero of your of a certain age uh, passed from the coronavirus over the weekend. We'll play a famous clip from him coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Not only will uh, not only will uh, Tom Dempsey hits this one, he's got a very slight win at his back. He'll set a National Football League record in addition to winning the game. I don't believe this. And at that time, that was completely unthinkable. Tom Dempsey, uh, that was one of the great sports moments from my childhood. That got Everybody knew that name, and uh, he died over the weekend from the corona in his 70s. Yeah, a man uh, born with uh, half a foot and half an arm, but decided to take up kicking. He wore a special shoe with a flat toe that conformed to his foot, as it was, and uh, so he could toe kick straighter than most people. So it's really, uh, my parents... Uh, emphasized, you know, what a great story that was of overcoming difficulties oh, sure. and the rest as a kid. So sure. that that kick meant a hell of a lot more, I think, to humans mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. just... Uh, that was a fine field goal kick. Oh, right. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot more of famous people you've heard of. That's what a famous person is, Jack. Um, uh, who, who've died from this? Because I saw a little list at the end of the Washington Post thing uh, story yesterday, and I thought, wow. There's four people I've heard of right there, just this past weekend. You know, if you, if we do end up with two hundred thousand people dying, there's going to be a lot of famous people and people you know who aren't famous. Right. They're famous right. in your own life. Yeah, I've got to admit, I feel like a bit of an idiot that the famous people dying makes it more real. I know. I feel like I, I should be I better than that. Yeah, I but agree. It does. I agree. Yeah, it's something about being human. I don't know. Um, what else did we have we were going to do? Oh, uh, Louis C.K. did a comedy act over the weekend. We might delve into that just a little bit, read some of the quotes that are coming out of that. He released a uh, a stand-up special in which he addresses the issue that sent him into hiding for a while. So, uh, Oh, really? Yeah, pretty yeah. entertaining. Plus, this whole COVID thing might give us a good excuse to discuss federalism and help Americans understand what it means and why it's so important. That probably won't happen, but it could. So that may be next segment. Um, Which direction do I want to go? Did some Zooming over the weekend and some FaceTiming. I like, uh, I like them both. Um, actually, I feel like I use FaceTime more often just because I'm not using big groups. We FaceTimed with some, uh, like, a little cousin of ours, and then some uh, older niece who had her 21st birthday on Saturday night. 21st birthday, turning 21, at home, FaceTiming with her friends. 
Oh, because, uh, at home with mom and dad for my 21st. Good times. She said, I must. I texted her. I said, I can't believe you're 21. She said, well, I must look it because I got carded. And I said, were you buying whiskey or a gun? She said both. Um, <laughs> but she was uh, had some girly rum thing she was going to have at home and uh, FaceTime with some of her friends for her 21st birthday. I said, well, you'll remember this for the rest of your life. You'll have this story. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we had a virtual family reunion on Friday via Zoom with a bunch of us uh, getting together. What a cool idea. Fun. You know, yeah. well, that, and that speaks to, um, so we did a little FaceTime thing with a two-year-old kind of cousin of my son's and did it. And there was no reason that we waited until there was a pandemic to do that. No reason. Could have done that any time. And oh, I, yeah. I sort of feel like that maybe now people will do that more often. There's no reason why we hadn't gotten together and FaceTimed or, or Zoomed or something like that in the past. And now that we're forced to, we're, we're, we're either figuring out the technology or it feels more important or something. And the same you know, with like the virtual family reunion or whatever, we could all do that. Well, you know how much it means to me when I get the starting five together, Judy and I and our three kids, and it's so rare. Uh, you know, I'm going to use some good parental shame to get that going. There you go. In, 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 in the coming days. Look, do you have 15 minutes Sunday? Son, 15 minutes? 15 minutes for the people who raised you? Talk to your old parents? No? Yes? Okay. So, But, yeah, that's something to look forward to, I guess. Silver lining. Uh, the, the Surgeon General of the United States, if you didn't hear this, said this is going to be the saddest week of everyone's lives. <laughs> that's actually Thanks. what he said. Yeah, we'll play that for you. It was over the top as far as I'm concerned. It's tragically fitting that we're talking at the beginning of Holy Week because this is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most of... That is incredible. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Together we are tackling this disease. Coronavirus! That was a little bit from the Queen of England and the Queen of America. Back to back there. Queen Elizabeth and Cardi B. Kind of our royalty, if you look at it that way. Wow. Uh, you uh, wa- I listened to the, the Queen's whole speech. It was lovely. She's very sharp. How old is she? Like 92 or oh, something like that? Crazy old. <laughs> right. AF. It was it was good. It was just, you know, a very stiff upper lippy. Uh, we Brits will... Blah blah blah. It was kind of just a, a right? call she's to British. Ninety three. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's super wow. old. So, wow, that's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, it was it was good though. It was fine. It just appealed to Brits to be Brits. You remember when we used to be tough and resilient and not uh, flabby, self pitying socialists? That wasn't exactly how she phrased it. That was my interpretation. Well, her prime minister Bojo's in the hospital with yeah. with the corona and. Uh, they got him on a little oxygen, and they say it's just a precaution, but he wasn't, he was, you know, originally he had no symptoms, and he's apparently got some now if he's at the hospital. Yeah, well, they've gone from mild to not so mild and lasting over a week, so, yeah, they're a little worried about him. While we're on the international front, before we get to whatever, uh, whatever you got, this is from India. China virus go back. Indian citizens stand together with flaming toilet plungers and chant to protest the coronavirus. Now that's and a protest. There's a video of a whole bunch of uh, people in the uh, the country of India where they're on lockdown, chanting "China virus go back" with burning plungers for some reason. 
Now, do they use the plunger to, like, hold uh, gasoline or, or something like that? Oh, I'll bet that is what they're doing. That's how it's on fire. They're using the cup probably for some sort of, like, oil like you'd put in a... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, why, why the... Uh, well, I guess because they have a plunger. Sure. I don't... I there guess, you go. I don't, I don't know why I would assume they just have torches in India. Jai Ho, uh, but They here, have electricity. Here's the confusing part, though. Who are you yelling at? The virus? China virus, go back. You can protest all you want. You can come with as clever a change as you want. The, the virus yeah. is not going to respond. Well, uh, Sean, if you would be so kind as to uh, get ready to play clip number four, this is our cheery message from the government of the day, specifically uh, the Surgeon General. Oh, Do we have that? Uh, yeah. Why isn't that playing? Is, am I potted up, Michael? This is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives. That is an extraordinary statement out of the federal government from the Surgeon General. This is going to be the hardest, saddest week of most people's lives. That's, well, it's just, it's not possibly true. Um, it's just not possibly true. Well, it no, could be it, for some people, but it's definitely not going to be for most people and certainly not for all people. And do we have the longer version of that? Can we play that? Uh, yeah. This is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. This is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country. And I want America to understand that. That is just so over the top. Yeah, I'd say. uh, You know... The sad, hardest, saddest week of our lives. I think it may be m- medium boring, and it'll be sad to hear about people dying. But, uh, I mean, if I'm going to take on personally now the grief of every death around the country, it's going to be a rough life. That's a strange thing to say. You yeah. got to uh, quit having him say stuff. Go go order the surgeons around. As I a, assume that's what the Surgeon General does. As a champion of pessimism, um, is it better to set expectations to be the status week of the li- of your life, and then when it then you can report, hey, th- it turns out it wasn't so bad, as opposed to erring on the side of it'll be fine. Oh, it turns out it's much worse than we said. Yeah, I think there's something in between, you know. Well, I just he sounds like a hyperbolic blowhard to me. I just didn't particularly like the way he phrased it. If he said, you know, we're going to have more deaths than we've had so far, it's getting worse. Right, that's fine. Uh, Right, right, this right. I have no problem with dang- that. How about say this is a dangerous time yeah, how about for America? Say, how about the short clip from Old Scarf? Because I like I like what she had to say over the weekend. Dr. Burks, please. The, the woman next has two a weeks name. are extraordinarily important, and that's why I think you've heard from Dr. Fauci, from myself, from the president and the vice president, that this is the moment to do everything that you can on the presidential guidelines. This is the moment to not be going to the grocery store, not going to the pharmacy, but doing everything you can to keep your family and your friends safe. And that okay. means- so this is the moment. To, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Trump saying this next two weeks are going to be really tough, really right. tough. I'm fine with that. But saying it's going to be the saddest week of your life, uh, it almost makes yeah. well, it does make me laugh. Blue suit, you're fired. Uh, scarf, you're hired. <laughs> you get up there. Start talking. So uh, one interesting aspect of this is we're seeing Americans cast aside their uh, caution, I guess, and call for totalitarianism in ways that I find extremely troubling. From Bill de Blasio, the gigantic communist mayor of New York City, who's called for a national conscription of doctors and nurses. You would be suddenly, and by what means, I'm not sure, 
or conscripted into some national health army and sent wherever the government decides you need to go. Uh, again, we can't get freaking swabs to stick up your nose to various corners. How we're going to organize our health army, I, I do not know. Um, but you have people calling for nationwide this and nationwide that, even though it would not help. And no less than Chris Wallace on Fox News was um, was making that plea himself. Let's see, what's that, uh, clip 28? But Dr. But Dr. Adams, there's a big difference between opioids and, and cigarettes, which are something that people decide to use or not to use, and the coronavirus, which people catch. It's not a, an individual choice. And, and, you know, when President Trump says that he's a wartime president, during World War II, FDR didn't say, well, it's up to each state to decide what to do. He mobilized the nation. Again, why not a national stay-at-home order? The, the coronavirus doesn't recognize states' rights. So does the federal analogy really work here? So the Surgeon General had tried in a halting manner to explain to Chris Wallace that, well, when it comes to things like opioids and smoking and a hundred other things that kill way more people, way more people than this thing is likely to kill, we uh, allow the states to fashion their own responses and their own regulations and the rest of it. And and Chris Wallace comes back with this impassioned uh, plea for a national lockdown order. Number one, the president is not given that power by the Constitution, Chris. So th- th- just stop right there. Number two is is seeming inability to understand the idea that, listen, we have a 3,000-mile-wide, 350-million-person nation. It's not a disadvantage that we get to fashion customized solutions depending on local situations. That's a strength. It's not a weakness. Um, and, and the idea that, you know, your so-called holdout governors... And, and I don't have the list in front of me, but it's primarily agricultural states and rural states are saying, no, I'm not going to lock down all the farmers and the truckers and the harvesters and the mill workers and the rest of it. We're feeding the nation and we have practically no cases. So it just I, I would urge all of you settle down with that. Give the president dictatorial wartime powers. And oh, that reminds me. And it's funny. I was just <laughs> man, have I done a lot of house cleaning and like decluttering. During this period, came across a great piece written I'm by doing, Kevin. I'm doing the opposite. We are cluttering our house. We're, we've uh-huh. got a big cluttering project going, and we're we're coming. It's coming along really well. We're dirtying and cluttering. Yeah. <laughs> but came across this great piece about how AOC and her ilk are always claiming that something is a war on something, whether it's climate change or poverty or whatever. Because if you can get people in that mood of this is a war, that means, well, we can throw out habeas corpus or, or, or freedom of speech or freedom of movement. Let's give the president dictatorial powers, and he, with his mighty hand, will lead us to victory. God, beware of that. Even Trump going on and on about a wartime president. Um, and I get that, because we are rolling back regulations, and I'm in favor of that, and and he's marshalling resources and the rest of it. But let's, let's be careful with the whole war metaphor, because it's easy to throw around, and it's easy to use as an excuse to chuck liberty. So, a bunch uh, of liberty chuckers. We know there are a lot of conspiracy theories around this. We talked last week about hashtag film your hospital, which I'm not sure if that was happening that much anyway. But uh, Woody Harrelson, as you may know from Cheers, or what is he most more recently 
that, that, that. most recent was True Detective oh, season yeah. one. Yeah, 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 which is fabulous. Of course, yeah. legendary for uh, for uh, uh, what was the, it? Just flitted out of my head. The uh, traveling around killing uh, movie, Natural Tarantino. Born Killers, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, Kingpin, the arguably with uh, the Big Lebowski, the the two greatest bowling movies ever made. Anyway, Arguably. he he posted <laughs> yesterday on uh, Twitter about the negative effects of 5G phones and its role in the coronavirus pandemic to his 2 million Instagram followers. I guess that was on Instagram. I haven't fully vetted it, said Woody. I find it very <laughs> interesting. He wrote, he wrote of the report claiming 5G radiation is exacerbating the spread and making it more lethal. The uh, post got 25,100 likes, while a later one of a video showing Chinese campaigners attacking phone towers got viewed more than 300,000 times. Well, and it's spread across Britain, and I came across this article and thought, wow, this is so stupid. Do I even keep it around to talk about on the show? Well, I'm kind of glad I did. You have people, I don't know how many people, but burning down a couple of cell phone towers in uh, the north of England. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Based on this bizarre theory linking novel coronavirus to 5G, perhaps somehow connected to Huawei's involvement? This is how witch hunt happens. Um, This sort of craziness. Elsewhere in England, telecommunications engineers are reportedly facing verbal abuse and threats of violence from people who believe in the spurious theory. So 5G, uh, yeah, okay, so uh, Huawei, the big 5G company... They think that some. So does it come through the cell tower then? I don't through know. Through the phone signals? Uh, according to the Daily Mail, <clears throat> an unidentified woman, and I bring you this story because it just shows the depths of uh, human panic and what they can lead to. Also because it allows me to do my angry English woman voice. Um, this woman I approached two workers laying cable on a London street and blamed them for killing families. We're all going to be in hospital on breathing apparatus. It's because of this wire here. How do you feel? Do you have children? Do you have parents? How do you feel? When they turn that switch on, you can say, bye-bye, mama. Are you content to continue doing that job? Are you paid enough to kill your own mother? How do I feel? I feel like you're a crackpot. That's how I feel. I feel like the National Health ought to put you in a padded room. Singer M.I.A., who I'm unfamiliar with, has also repeatedly tweeted about her fears over 5G, saying that even it does, if it does, even if it does not cause COVID-19, it can confuse or slow the body down in the healing process as yes. the body is learning to cope with the new signals, wavelength, frequency, etc. Wow. One li- online petition claimed it was dangerous to live close to a 5G mast because it would enhance the chance of COVID-19 infection. That was shared by one of the judges on Britain's Got Talent, a celebrity. <laughs> oh, boy. Fantastic. Wow. You wow. Nut jobs. Why don't if, you just wash your hands and wear a mask? If it contributes to anti-Huawei uh, uh, emotions. Or anti-China uh, all the way around. I'm, I'm in Chinese favor of government. that. Right. Yeah, not 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 Chinese people or Chinese Americans or anything like that, but uh wow. Come on, Woody. Put down the bong for a few minutes. Sober up and delete your tweets. <laughs> Quit frightening people. Yeah, no I actually speaking of stuff that I, I saved for the show have a really interesting thing on how uh, artificial intelligence and telemedicine and the rest of it is going to emerge from this as a force 
in American medicine. Awesome. I found that thought-provoking when and, you get to and, that. And I got a little Trump v. Biden from the weekend. You know, that's kind of oh, simmering boy. on the back burner. It's, it's still going to happen, the election in November, and uh, <laughs> some interesting stuff on that front. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. But uh, it is getting a little grim around here, I have to admit. Yesterday, the highlight of my day was wiping down the mailman. (laughs) (laughs) So Bill Maher, he did his show from home, from his backyard, I saw. Yes. But dubbed in laugh track. Yeah, yeah, canned laughter. Was it done, like, campily, Sean, or was it... Like is it a was, crutch. No, it, they they cut two shots of the audience, which was a black and white tuxedoed affair, from what I oh. could tell, <laughs> and it was the, the laughter there. But it, yeah. so it was Monty, it was Monty Python style. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably a, a pretty safe explanation of it. Okay, we were just talking about the conspiracy that five uh, G phone towers are calling causing the coronavirus problem. You guys will believe in the five G conspiracy once your testicles fall off. Oops, too late. So that's the story. Oh, wow, scathing criticism. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, People got a lot more time on their hands now. <laughs> um, yeah, they're always getting in the way anyway, my testicles. <laughs> uh, apropos of nothing, before I get into the meat of this segment, fresh, delicious room temperature bat meat of this oh segment. Oh, boy. Oh, God. I hope it's wet. <laughs> Did you ever watch that 70s show? Yeah, of course. That's, that's, My daughter was watching it yesterday, oddly enough. That 70s show first aired in 1998. It was about 1976, a 22-year difference. Mm. If you made that 70s show today, it would be about 1998, <laughs> which, if you're of a certain age, is horrifying to think about. Really? Well, that well, recently and, was 1998. Okay, I'm trying to remember 1998, and it, it, it wasn't that, that notable. Exactly. No, not really. Um, no. It was and, a time of change. It was a time of... No, not really. So I got your three big presidential contenders. I got something on all of them. All right? Uh, what That's order? right. That's still going on. What order do I go on? I go with this first, because this is just my observation. Uh, Joe Biden was on with George Stephanopoulos yesterday for a fairly long interview, and I almost had Sean grab some uh, clips, but it was just it was the same sort of stuff you heard before. The poor guy cannot freaking talk. I mean, just every answer was just he'd get a half a word, and then he'd switch directions, and then he would say a wrong word or a wrong place or a wrong name. And then name. say, "I shouldn't have said it." Like and that. it was just it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. God, he he had a, he had a stretch where it was just. My my jaw drops like wow, that's a rough thirty seconds right there. But it's you know it's the sort of thing you've heard before from him. So maybe he'll get his his mojo back at some point. I don't so know. I, I don't think he's had his mojo since nineteen ninety eight. Uh, now the fancy folks call it cognitive dissonance. Uh, the less fancy folks just say that spit can't be. My brain can't get to Joe Biden is actually the nominee. It just seems so ill-advised. Yeah, well, he's I mean, going the, to be. The, the Democratic Party has just got to be panic-stricken. One of the reasons he's going to be is because Bernie Sanders has announced his plan and said if he was president, right now we would be providing 100% of paychecks to every worker. We would guarantee health care to all people with no out-of-pocket expenses. And we would use the Defense Production Act to produce all required PPE. 
which would be very expensive to do all those three things. Oh Bernard Sanders. It's beyond expensive. Oh, yeah. It's, it's completely undoable. 100% paycheck for every worker in America. Not from uh, the from not from the the earnings of the free market and the give and take and everything. They're just going to be provided by the taxpayer. Where where, where their tax money where where that revenue is going to come from? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how the math works on that. But anyway, you would have to sell Russia back to the or I'm sorry, you'd have to sell Alaska back to the Russians and the Louisiana Purchase back to the French to pay for that. And then finally, the other presidential candidate, Donald Trump, he said this in his press conference the other day as they turned it political and they said that Biden had attacked him in a tweet. Um. Uh, and Trump said, he didn't write that. He's probably not even watching right now. And if he is, he doesn't understand what he's watching. <laughs> oh, so, so there you go. There's the level of our discourse right there. Well, the good news is we have plenty upside, plenty of uh, room above our current level of discourse. To yes, exactly, exactly. Pl- plenty of headroom for, <laughs> a, for a more substantive, less childish conversation all the way around. Oh, speaking of childish, the world's earliest recorded use of the F word. Uh, has been identified in a Scottish manuscript. It is. It dates from 1568. Wow. That is the a. first recorded F word. It's from a, a delightful uh, poem, I guess. It's, it's sort of a poem um, known as The Flighting of Dunbar and Kennedy, in which two poets trade insults with one another, including one F-bomb. As a noun, a verb, a... Uh... Uh, an adjective. Adjective. It's uh, almost like he's a blanking idiot. Wow. Interesting. There you go. Yeah.